0: You're listening to WKXL in the morning. I'm your host, AJ Kirstead. Now, we're joined today by Jeff Feingold of the New Hampshire Business Review. He joins the show every other Monday. Welcome to the show.
1: Great to be here, AJ. So,
0: I get to say (laughs) award-winning journalist and doctor... Jeff Feingold, <laughs> welcome to the show, if I wanted to be more accurate. So uh, talk about a bit of some of the awards that the Business Review picked up in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, actually,
1: we, we every year we enter a, various awards uh, competitions. And this year, interestingly, the they both are they kind of coincided like a week, only a week apart. But the Business Review won several awards in the uh, New Hampshire Press Association uh, contest. Uh, we, I think we went eight of them, and uh, several of them went to the work of, I should say, without a doubt, Bob Sanders, who's uh, who's been uh, on our staff for several decades now. He's been there as long as I have, pretty almost as long as I have, and he's uh, without a doubt one of the best reporters, if not the best investigative reporter in, in the state. He's been working at it for um, many years, uh, and he does really great job, and he. Uh, won several awards for his work in, uh, in his enterprise reporting and his business reporting. And uh, that was one thing. And we also won some awards, which was really uh, very very, uh, really made me feel really good about, uh, we had, I had a couple of uh, people writing, one was a couple of freelancers who wrote pieces on, on the arts for us. And they won a second place and a first place award. And one of the people who wrote it was Trish Sewell. I don't know if, there might be people who know her. She, I think she's from Concord originally. She's the, uh, the uh, director of the uh, New Hampshire Business Committee for the Arts and she wrote, us a, wrote a piece for us uh, in the last year on the art scene in, in Rochester, how there's a museum there and it's really has had an economic effect on, uh, on, 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 the, on the town, on the city. And that was really heartening to see that. Uh, besides which, you know, we, we also won, came in second which is which is good but you know we've been first before so.
0: <laughs> always want
1: first we've been first before but we came in second as the be- best uh non-daily newspaper in uh in New Hampshire and I'm very proud of that because we try very hard to 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 uh do our best every issue and on our website every day and uh, the other things we won we won three national awards in this organization called the Alliance for Area of Area Business Publications and We did it uh they they have membership of a couple of hundred at least the publications like ours but and many of them that are larger uh that uh, throughout north america and uh we got a a gold award for our uh, for, for our bob actually bob's story on it was a really good story on looking at how osha you know the occupational safety and health administration uh what kind of job it did in investigating what happened at nursing homes during covid and it wasn't it turned out it wasn't really much so right. Bob did a really good story on that and he got a gold award for that we also he also got another award as the one of the best as best overall body of work and this is a national contest uh, internet well almost international north america mm-hmm. as the as the silver award so he got a silver award for as the best overall body of work and that Bob's a big piece of what why what makes the Hampshire Business Review, I think, a really good publication, and we also got another award for this. Um, I think readers know this that we have a new publication that we put out every quarter called 603 Diversity that looks at uh, it, it's 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 a publication looking at diversity, equity, inclusion from a you know really different lens than than any other publication in New Hampshire. And uh, we try really hard to uh, make it very special, and uh, have a, a lot of uh, different voices in it, and different people uh, running, you know, coming up with publication and being in the publication. And we got a silver award for that, which I, I'm very proud of. I think that, we, you know, we've been working very hard to uh, to expand our audience and uh, it's just a, what we cover. So That's pretty much it. Congratulations,
0: I, yeah. to you and Bob, and everyone else, and all that. That's amazing. And New Hampshire Press Association, you received several awards. I mean, generally speaking, as someone who who's been in the New Hampshire media landscape for a long time, are you finding the nature of the the press association and some of these uh, the things that are submitted changing? Because it seemed it was really interesting to see the New Hampshire Journal and New Hampshire Bulletin pick up a whole bunch yes. in addition.
1: Yeah, yeah, actually, it's really interesting. You know. It's, I, I think David exp- our the landscape has changed dramatically because I've been in New Hampshire as a professional journalist for 41 years and uh it's it's a different world out there um you know we in the old days and I do mean they're old now there was basically the publication the center the vac the, the whole center of it was the union leader and what their late and not lamented publisher bill Loeb uh said what called it called the pipsqueak press around him but there were great newspapers like the monitor the keen sentinel valley News, a whole bunch of papers that Mm -hmm. great work too but i don't want to get into the weeds on this but you know uh it was it was hard to compete because the union leader had such a far reach around the state
0: right
1: and even chat even wmur in those days, you know, in the in the, in the '80s, did not have the impact it did, and didn't have the reach it has today. So the media landscape was, has changed dramatically over those years. It's become obviously much more social, you know, uh, and uh, digital media. And you know, and uh, Channel Nine, they they have a they, you know, they 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 are overwhelmingly the uh, the main uh, source of you know, uh, uh, the. Uh, news from you know television and other sources and even radio has changed aj i mean you know know, kxl's changed everything has and uh organizations like that and the hampshire Bulletin, and in-depth in hampshire and the grad state news collaborative which we're part of Mm -hmm. of non-profit organizations are working hard to uh to fill the gap in in in, uh what how people find out what's going on in the state
0: it it feels a lot more collaborative partly out of necessity because of changing nature of journalism nowadays with funding being so problematic with many outlets uh, but partially also the like the digital infrastructure that just didn't exist a decade ago for a lot of this
1: exactly exactly and you know and the collaborative which you know i was i'm I'm proud that i was one of we will we the business is one of the original members we started before COVID, we were doing some coverage of things, and we responded by really doing some great, great coverage as as a collaborative. You know, we we would share our continent and, and in some cases, work together on stories, and uh, we did a great job covering covering that. We still do, mm-hmm. and then we moved to uh, race and equity in the in after in the wake of what happened in the George George Floyd murders and and the other uh, horrible events of 2020. And we've been working really hard on that too. So that's, and, and, you know, the collaborative, I have to say one, several, several, yeah. awards. I don't even know how many, but they won a lot in the, uh, in the, in the press association competition and that I'm very proud of that as well.
0: Yeah. Big shout out to Melanie Plenda over there. I've had her well, well, and a whole bunch of her writers on the it's show. It's been a great. great.
1: Job. She really does. She really does.
0: All right, so th- this is a very unusual episode of uh, WKXL know, the morning. Usually, just... we just <laughs> run through articles. <laughs> I'm like, there's, there's so much going on, and uh, it, it's, it's really interesting to dive into the media landscape and what you guys want for awards. But I, I also kind of bypass you, – you covered, obvious, obviously, the what we're about to talk about in various articles at nhbr.com. But generally speaking, like I only speak to you every other week, so the last couple weeks especially to really come to light the, the just – off-the-rails inflation, gas prices just continuing like it hitting $5 here in mm-hmm. some parts of the state and looking like it's going to continue going up at least for, for at least the next few weeks. I, as, as someone who's been a journalist in the state for decades and seen the ups and downs, like the 08 crash, if we go back to the 90s and things that happened back then with the economy, I mean, is this, is this a deja vu moment for you?
1: well it's it's kind of especially with the inflation because i mean we've seen a lot of unfortunately you know that's what happens with stock markets they go up and down and they respond they react to things that are very sensitive to uh, interest rate hikes for various reasons one of them is that you know what there, a lot of people put, decide when when interest rates all, all of a sudden get 3 4 5% for your money for investing in, in some kind of federal note or some other kind of bond you know you'll take your money out of that and go for the safe haven and take it out of the market which is what's a lot of that's what's happening in terms of the market falling right now but in terms of the inflation you know i go back you know i've been around a long time and i grew up in the 60s and 70s and 70 and in the definitely the late 70s and early 80s we had but only way could we call it hyperinflation we had stagflation the, the, the economy was shrinking and we had really unmatched not unmatched because it was brought, brought, eventually brought under control through pretty harsh measures uh, we had really bad inflation and uh right now we don't have a shrinking economy that could happen it, you know it's it's definitely going to be slowing down because of the increase in interest rates by the fed it should it should be slowing
0: that's down. the goal I, yeah. that's that's oh. the, that's the reason why they're doing yeah. it and yeah. it's it's very uh, it it seems to not necessarily be hitting the spot just right with how slow they're rolling it out, and unfortunately, yeah. it, it it takes years for, ultimately for the interest rate to really affect the the day to day economy. It's, it's going
1: to take a while. It's going to take a you know a long several quarters. Let's put it that way. I, I don't. I'm not an economist, so I'm, I'm just telling you what I think as just a lay a layperson. But uh, you know, back then I I tell this story to many people. The interest rates were so high. My wife and I were able to get into a program that was then funded by the New Hampshire uh, Housing Finance Authority, New Hampshire Housing. It was for first time home buyers and it was an adjustable rate mortgage where the first year the rate was 10 point something percent for a mortgage and it was adjustable, so it would go up according to interest rates. And that was like, people would say, how did you get one so cheap? How did you? Wow. you rates were like 15% for mortgages, 16% for, more, for mortgages. And, I mean, you can't imagine how bad they were, how high they were. So you can imagine how slow the housing market was. You can't, you know, unless you're desperate, you can't buy a house at 16%. Right. Could you buy a car at 16 18 When well, we know what happened with the economy. And eventually we got out of that. It was, it was a great, uh, you know, really. I would say a very herculean effort by Paul Volcker and the Fed then. I mean, Paul Volcker, who was uh, uh, the the Federal Reserve Chairman and uh, under Jimmy Carter and and Ronald Reagan kept him as chair. And he was very determined to get rid of inflation. And it lasted for several decades. I mean, he wrung it out of the economy, Mm -hmm. as we know. And uh, it lasted for until pretty much until just now. Yeah. This,
0: this is just so extreme. I mean, this is, it's unlike the 08 crash, which is caused no. by a completely different practice. People keep yes. making comparisons to it because it was so horrible with all the millennials that were in these very high, very expensive education situations, getting out and trying to enter the workplace, myself included. Yes. <laughs> but it was is a totally different situation. And this is we're coming out of a pandemic. I've heard the comparison <laughs> to the 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 20s. And hopefully we're not entering the 1930s yeah. with the
1: upcoming situation. That's, that's extreme. I mean, I, really yeah, exactly. think that's extreme. I think right now, you know, if you Take away the inflation, the economy really is pretty healthy. There's still yeah. unemployment rate just went down to 2.1 percent in the state. Unfortunately, in a good way, rate wages are going up. We just had a piece actually on our website. We we just reported it that uh, wages have risen about over four percent in the last year for for New Hampshire people, just the on average. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, as we know, inflation is about 8%.
0: Exactly. That's the I'm Not keeping
1: up with it, but there are people but there's a real demand for employees still. What will happen, we don't know. Mm-hmm. The, you know, as we said, the goal of the Fed is to is to slow the economy down. So if you're slowing the economy down, maybe there's a thing where employers won't be desperate to have employees. But all the all of reports I have to so all the people I've talked to, they're still desperate for employees. I was talking yeah. about the other day, who the company has grown by double in the in during COVID, the number of employees they've had. Mm-hmm. They have several hundred. They still have forty openings. Wow,
0: I, and, I mean, the only that, businesses that are shrinking down their workforces are like Tesla and Spotify that overcompensated through the pandemic and exactly. didn't think long
1: term. Exactly, and and you know, and you know, so there's a, there are there are there are some issues, especially in the retail industry. Mm-hmm. But I think the retail industry has had problems for a long time yeah. because you know they have you know it's you have the whole on, online competition and you have the brick and mortar stores that do suck up a lot of uh, you know capital. So I, I don't know. We we're going through a transition. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. I, I I will not uh, predict what it is, but I will say this: since we're plugging New Hampshire Business Review. We are holding a webinar online obviously uh on the 23rd featuring uh brian Gottlob of uh new hampshire department uh, department of employment security he runs their uh, employment and labor market economic and labor market information bureau and we just have some other people on the panel who will be discussing the economy at mid-year in the new hampshire economy and i'm really looking forward to i'll be the moderator and i'm really looking forward to that discussion because uh you know, just to take a look at where we are, because it's it's going to say, you know, we have inflation. Okay, let's talk about this. And let's talk about what, what, is, what does that mean for the housing market? What does it mean for interest rates in general? And what does it mean for employment? So we'll be talking about that. And you can the- NHBR.com.
0: Yes, definitely give the plug. Give NHBR.com to check that out. Uh, I mean, what about gas prices? As you and Bob yeah. and such are going around the state talking to businesses, I mean, are are they hopeful that this is just a short term issue, or are they optimistic, or are they just totally like we have no idea what six no, months that, from now it's gonna look like?
1: No, yeah, okay, uh, uh, can you do you know why? In, why are gasoline prices? price the way they are why do they go up every day or that you know it's like i wouldn't be able to tell you I, I, exactly you know, tip, tip, only person who would maybe as an oil dealer could tell you what's yeah. going on
0: i've tried but, desperately but, for we for months to get an economist to come on It's like come on the show and explain this to me you are the people and no yeah. one wants to touch it with a 10 foot pole it's, it's
1: it's it's like some kind of uh it's, it's like you must be speaking an, a language from another planet yeah but uh i actually i tried doing a story many years ago in the 80s about what what makes gasoline prices at the pump. And it was really very difficult. I talked to oil dealers, I called a gas station and and it was like, it's, it's, it's kind of hazy. And, you know, that's why I have some sympathy in what what the president's doing (laughs) because, you know, it's, it's, it really is interesting how they, how they, how it's decided what the price is. But I do have to say that, uh, it's going to it has an effect it's already having an effect on people it's one of the reasons our prices are going up and it's also a reason that you know you'll see it's going to be getting up it's going to be getting worse because how much of our especially in our hampshire we don't have we really have no rail system to speak of right most of our, the products we have delivered to our state come from trucks and that's uh they pay for that diesel, which is gasoline is, is 5 bucks a gallon. Tru- uh, diesel is over $6 a gallon. So you can do the math on that. And it's it's really – it's not a pretty picture right now. It's totally and, there's,
0: and there's gas shortages in some locales around the country because gas yeah. stations are saying, screw this. I'm getting out of this business. It's not worth the headache. So now there's less gas stations around with that are just getting drained of their stock.
1: I do have to say, though, I, I, I was driving on on Thursday, and I yeah, had three quarters of a tank of gas, right? It wasn't like, I saw a sign for, for a gas station that had 479 I said, gee, that's a good price. Exactly. I just, like, and then I was thinking, oh, my God, that's like the 70s when we had to we had stand online with otter even plates on certain days of the week, and you would just get gas because you didn't know if you'd be able to get it the next, the, the next time you were, you were eligible.
0: A big thank you to those Route Four Irving and Circle K stations uh, outside of Concord. They're the cheapest places I've been able to get gas. Exactly. It's like twenty cents cheaper.
1: Yeah, and you and if if you realize that the lines are longer at those places now, you know when when it's like when they when they were the cheapest, but the gas was still cheap. It, you know, people say, oh, "I'll just spend the extra fifteen to twenty cents," but not now. Now it's much, they're much more sensitive to prices.
0: What do you are you seeing any businesses begin to to pull back what they're looking to do or are they kind of just eating the cost for now?
1: I, I think nationally, yeah, you, you've you've seen you, oh, in terms of passing on the prices, yeah, yeah, the prices are being passed on. Certainly, they are they are, uh, especially on at the at the national retail level. Uh, I think a lot. I think I have said this is just anecdotal because I have no uh, knowledge of it, but I do know that. The last few restaurants I've been to, the prices have been higher, and that you know could have, could be a workforce thing, but I'm thinking it's more because of the the the, uh, the availability of, of 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 the food that's in, the price of the food, and we were just away in a place we go to every every year in Massachusetts, and uh, went to a restaurant that has this dish that. Supposedly, it's supposed to have lobster in it. <laughs> and, you know, and this year it was, it was the same price. I said, wow, how do they keep it down so low? There was hardly any lobster in it. That's how they were dealing with it. So they're not raising their prices, but they're not exact. It's like they have the candy bar gets smaller. Yeah, that's, that's what this was.
0: Shrinkflation. Dr. That's Jeff Feingold, exactly. award-winning journalist, <laughs> not an economist though. Thanks for joining me.
1: Oh. <laughs> Thank you very much for talking
0: WKXL in the morning. I'm your host, AJ said We'll be right back after this.